Our scripture reading today is Hebrews chapter 13, verses 7 through 17. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so. We have an altar from which those who minister the tab- excuse me, who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. The high priest carries the blood of animals into most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside of the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. And here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority, because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Amen. Thanks be to God for his word. Now today we begin a third week on the topic of faith, a third message about faith from this epistle of the Hebrews. And today in this passage I'm going to work backwards there from the text and then we will get back to verse 8. But yes, the epistle of the Hebrews. Scholars believe and they've studied and they've worked through this book And they believe that it was written because of those early believers. Written to the believers because they were second-guessing. They were second-guessing their Christianity. They were second-guessing their conversion. They were second-guessing God's plan of salvation. They were second-guessing those who were in authority. Yes, they were second-guessing. The author of Hebrews seen this. And the believers, they heard this in the believers. And now the author writes in Hebrews 13, 17, have confidence in your leaders. Submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Hebrews 13, 17. Those who are called by God, called to be in leadership, those individuals who agree to be leaders, and those individuals that agree, agree to lead when nobody else will lead. And there's those leaders, they lead because they are given that God-given gift, and those things just fall in their lap, and they take up the mantle, and they lead. Every single one of those individuals, wherever they fall in by being called into a position of leadership, however they're called, however they end up there, 
each and every single one of them are faced with challenges. There's no position of leadership that comes without a challenge. There's no position of leadership that comes with just that easy chair, that recliner, where the money just flows in. The joke is, oh, you get, the, you get paid the big money because you're the leader. Or I might say, I don't know about the big money, but I know about the big challenges. Those leaders are challenged to make some hard decisions. Hard decisions because it's not about them. It is about the group or the organization or the group of people that they are in charge of or leaders of. And we have to trust that, that they are over that group and they love those people. And they love that group of people. They love that organization or that group that gathers together. That they care about them. They care about the greater good of the whole group. The greatest good of the whole group is what they care about and must take into their decision making. They make those most difficult decisions with prayer and asking for the Holy Spirit to lead and help and make a divine way known, to make God's way known, to make godly direction known to us. And your leaders have done this, and they've made the decision for this body of believers and for this church. And that decision was made this week to suspend all discussion and discernment and conversations about disaffiliation and about the United Methodist Church projected directions or anticipated directions until, yes, catch that word, until the 2024 General Conference is over and done with and in the books. And when it's in the books, then whatever is final at that time, there will be an opportunity to take a hard and fast, concrete look at that direction of the United Methodist Church as a denomination and where it's going and what they decide at that point in time. That is the decision that your church council made. A church council made up of chairpersons and leaders that are approved every year. Every year, you have a chance to approve them at charge conference. But every year, there's only about two or three people that go to make that approval. And it's still approved. So you're trusting those people to approve your church council board. You're trusting that church council board to lead and make tough decisions on the direction of this church. A little bit like parenting, isn't it? You love your family. You love your spouse. You love your children. You love your grandchildren. But it's not easy, is it? There's times you have to make some hard decisions. You have to draw, say, this is what we're doing. This is who we are as a family. This is what we're going to do on XYZ day. This is what we're not going to do. Tony Evans, he told a story, and he talked about how he has a will. A will, and that would be good to have as, as a family member and as a father. And then that will included all four of his children. And Tony would talk about 
talked about how his oldest son came and reminded Tony, Hey, Dad, you know that how the Bible talks about how the oldest son gets a double portion? That double portion? And Tony's like, yes, son, the Bible says that. But the younger siblings were saying, now, wait a minute. We're not living in those Old Testament times. Let's wait a minute. Let's talk about this. You see, when it comes to this inheritance, and in the Bible, the oldest son got a double portion because he had the responsibility. A responsibility to care for the family in the absence of the father. The the oldest son would then step in. So the double portion came with increased responsibility. So when a member of a church says, I will be on a committee, yes, I will take that next step to be chairperson. Oh, as chairperson, I now become part of church council. Responsibility and blessing all at the same time. And the pastor and nominating committee has to trust that these individuals are leading that a spiritual life, being guided by the Holy Spirit in their own everyday life so that they can be on a committee, then grow up to be a chairperson, and then take on the responsibility of church council, and then face the tough challenge of doing the church business and work. Pastor Tony Evans went on to say, I have a will, it lays out a plan, and that plan has a cause, a clause, C-L-A-U-S-E, a clause, a clause that states in any of my children, in any of my children, if they live an ungodly, unrepentant lifestyle, they will lose their inheritance. They will not receive what the will says that they should receive. Now, the world would go crazy with that type of statement. Stay with us. Why? Because as the father, as their father, he says, I do not want them wasting what God has given them. Meaning that their inheritance is connected to their submission. Submission to lifestyle of living for Christ. So here we are, 2023. We are the church. The church around the world, the church in America. It is full with membership books. Full with membership books with lots of names on those books. All around the world. Many names. Many names. Are they all submitting to the church and the will of God? No, many are re- have refused to submit to the authority of God and His Word. Many have refused to submit to the authority of the church, wherever their name may be on the book. Refusal to submit to the authority, the legitimate authority of God, that God has called to be an authority, and that authority that God has ordained for those individuals in their lives to be an authority, let's not find ourselves in a state of refusal. Whether it be parents, government leaders, church leaders, council leaders, 
God himself, or the Word of God, the Word of God that the Bible tells us to obey. Obey those who have spiritual rule over you. Yes, you have to discern for yourself. Yes, you have to decide for yourself. But as I said, as a Methodist church, and as year after year, that church council is voted on and approved by those at charge conference. Obey those who have spiritual rule over you. Meaning you will not agree with all the decisions. Some will even have their desires, their wishes, and their suggestions shot down and rejected. That will happen. Not everyone's going to get their way. And some of the DNA and history of this church has had people push their way through in a lot of things. And it takes a long time to change that DNA. It is hard work. The church has to have leadership. Leadership that comes from leaders who have the desire for the greater good of the body for each and every one of us. The body of Christ right here. Back up to verse 16. Do not forget to do good and share with others. How do we do this? Back to verse 15. With the fruit of our lips. What comes out of our mouths? What comes out of our mouths is going to tell the attitude of our heart. Do we openly profess the love of Jesus? Is Jesus going to be our common ground? Is the teachings and place of our Lord and Savior going to be a common ground for us even when we do not agree, when we have disagreements? Jesus is Lord and Savior of us all, is he not? Jesus is Lord and Savior even though we do not agree. We must keep working forward. Life is not fair. Life will never, ever be fair. Life has never been fair. Life will never be fair. But God will always be fair. Jesus will always be fair. Jesus will always be just. I remember when I was a teenager growing up, I had four younger brothers and I was blessed with good teeth, and I did not need braces, but my four brothers, they all needed braces at different stages of their lives, and they got those braces, and I seen, you know, those many discussions, and my parents paying out that two or $3,000 for each one of them, because they needed them. And I remember, as a young teenage boy, I remember saying, suggesting to my parents, hey, you're spending two or $3,000 for braces on each of my brothers. I, I do not need the braces. I don't want braces. But since I do not need braces, could I maybe just have the $2,000? Could I have that $2,000 for myself? 
And as you can imagine, as you'd probably guess, question, shot down, question rejected without further discussion. The answer was clear. The answer was final. Do not ask again. Parenting. I'm thankful there's Jesus. And I'm thankful for the Lord. I'm thankful that he is always fair. As it reads in verse 8, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same. And we can take that to the bank, to our own homes, to the locker room, to the work office, to the break room, and we're going to take it all the way into eternity. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Real quick, I just want to share a couple more insights for you. I want to bring these things to your attention. You remember our memory verse, Hebrews 11.1? How it begins, faith is. Faith is confidence. And now we read in Hebrews 13.8, Jesus is. So we have faith is, and now we have Jesus is. They both belong together. Where faith is and Jesus is because a Christian, as a Christian, we believe that and we see that Jesus is the Word. Jesus is made flesh. Jesus is the Word alive in us. Jesus is the word we hear and the word we preach. Jesus is that good word. That is Jesus, the good news. So we act upon it. We embrace it. Our faith, with knowing all these things, our faith in Jesus, our faith goes into action because of the word, because the word is Jesus. Because Jesus, because of Jesus, our faith begins. Because of Jesus, our faith gets started. As I mentioned uh, previously about Jesus you know, getting in your heart and trying to crank up your heart like a chainsaw or your leaf blower. You know, I was share, share with me about there's a song, Crank Your Chainsaw. It's like uh, Force Family Five a Christian group, and look it up on YouTube. If you like a rock and roll, crank up your chainsaw song, check it out. But Jesus, cranking on your heart because he cares so much about you and this church on earth and us as a body of believers and what we would do and what he wants us to do. Jesus, Yesterday, when he was cranking on your heart, trying to crank up your faith yesterday, is the same Jesus that's going to be cranking on your heart today, working on your faith, trying to build your faith up, working in your heart. is the same Jesus that's going to be working tomorrow. Jesus that works tomorrow is the same what worked on you today, that worked on you yesterday. Jesus will continue to crank up your faith as long as you have life here on earth, as long as you have this earthly life. And why? Why? What did we say last week? Because God is 
watching. His eyes is upon us. Are we going to remain faithful here and now? That's what he wants. And he's watching. Your faith right now, your confidence right now, in both your church and the Lord and in the leadership over you right now. The Lord's watching to see how you respond. We cannot worry about the past leadership of the church. We can't worry about who, who was here and the things they did or how it played out. We cannot project who will be in leadership year from now or years from now. We cannot look into the future. We find ourselves right here, right now, and we need to figure out who we are as the Otterbein United Methodist Church. And I hope and I pray that you'll come alongside me and we can work together to get this figured out. And how do we figure, out, figure it out? Well, we must respond in faith and in confidence of our Lord and Savior. Our eyes must be upward and our hands open to where we look up. We look in the Word and we look to one another and we say, Oh Lord, my God, help us and help me. Let us pray. Father God, we cannot do this on our own. We cannot figure this out with it by ourselves. We ask, and I pray, and I hope that we would want the Holy Spirit to lead us from this day forward. Lead us, Lord. May we embrace your word. And may your word instruct us and direct us on a foundation that is rock solid in Jesus Christ. And as a body of believers, we can know firsthand exactly where we stand with our Lord and Savior. And those ministries that you would have us do, the ministry that you want us to pursue, and how you'd want us to use all our resources for your glory and your kingdom for this community to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So Lord, I call upon you and I ask that we would begin today living in a faith that has confidence, the utmost confidence in you and the direction the Holy Spirit would lead the leaders and the ministries of this church for your glory and your kingdom, Lord. And in your name I pray. Amen.